0: Everyone, this is Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Everything Is Football. Don't go away.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another EIF podcast. My name is Daniel Allers, and I'm here with Ben McAleer, uh, editor for Who Scored, and we are here to discuss the Tottenham Hotspur and their season coming up, and what was essentially one of the worst transfer windows ever. I saw a stat today that said that we were the only Premier League club to not make a transfer since 2003, which I think is just ridiculous. So uh, we'll just start right there. And uh, and Ben, let's hear your thoughts on the uh, the Tottenham transfer window.
0: It wasn't great, was it? I mean, um, it just didn't go as many had planned. There was the talk of the big kind of war chest before, uh, before the end of the season with Costina having what 150 million apparently to spend, and then whatever. Yep,
1: that's what it made,
0: was. And then um whatever he made back to kind of uh put towards strengthening the squad, didn't spend a penny. Um but then you know you got to look at glass half full, um out of road stayed, Dembele stayed, Rose stayed. Sort of the three players that were expected to leave have stayed. Um and you know, you can look at it as though Tottenham had strengthened, but They've still kept three kind of core players. Well, two of them rose, maybe less so after the last twelve months. But of and Dembele are definitely still key to the squad.
1: Uh, and you talk about keeping hold of uh, Toby and uh, and Dembele, but you also look at their contracts. And Toby could go for pennies next summer. Dembele will be a free agent next summer. Do you think Tottenham should have cashed in on them? Do you think uh, in the Toby case, at least? should have went to woodward and said hey we'll sell you him for 40 million pounds or 45 million pounds whatever the final uh number was
0: yeah with the with the contracts for and dembele it's not ideal i mean you've got uh the option to extend alderman's contract next summer but then it sort of puts in that 25 million pound release clause at the end of the transfer window and um dembele being out of contract isn't ideal uh being out of contract is isn't ideal either um it's just a tricky one because Dembele is so key to the way Tottenham play, and Alvaro is still a world-class defender. But that to keep them is still quite a big statement of intent by the club. And they won't be kind of pushed around by the, you know, the bigger teams like they used to be to keep their core players, which I think is, you know, pretty crucial coming into the new season.
1: Yeah, and I agree. And especially the uh, the contract extensions to Kane, to Pochettino. Really, uh, at the perfect time too, before the World Cup, before uh, Real Madrid um, and Vidon parted ways, those definitely were great intents to uh, basically show the football world that Tottenham is here to uh, to stay and they won't fall back um, like a like West Ham or an Everton uh, level, which is great. And then now we'll talk about the failed transfers. Um, we started the summer. Uh, with links to Gareth Bale, Martial for maybe the fourth season in a row, uh, Pulisic, Zaha. We ended it with field bids to Brozovic at Inter, to Lobotka at Vigo, uh, Ryan Sessing Young. Uh, we tried to get in the summer, and then uh, and then Krizawa, uh from PSG, um, and then obviously the biggest one, Jack Grealish uh, from Aston Villa. Um do you think this is a um a, a statement about Levy's failure, or do you think that Levy was good to not maneuver away from his original price tags and uh basically show the other the the world that we can't spend as much as uh a Man U, a Liverpool, uh a Chelsea, but we can still compete with all of those teams?
0: It's a it's A bit of a catch-22, really, because you don't want um, to be spending huge prices on players that probably won't play week in, week out. I think it's just kind of, if there's a player that's available that will immediately improve the squad, they'll be, you know, you should go all out to sign them. Um, I think the Grealish one is a bit of a, it feels like a missed opportunity. I think once they got the investment in, it really put a dampener on how um, Tottenham could go kind of approached the uh, transfer to sign him and he would have been you know provided excellent cover for about f- three or four different positions um mm-hmm. in the second half of the season especially he was excellent for villa in their playoff push um and it it also would have improved the uh, boost the home grown quota sorry and that would have been crucial as well and i i still think that tottenham will probably go back in for Grealish. maybe maybe not in january but Definitely next summer, especially if Villa don't get promoted. Um, it ju- it just feels like there's maybe a bit of a missed opportunity with not going for Grealish, with not going for that big name star, in, you know maybe Martial or even um, Kozawa, just to kind of improve that PSG kind of group of players that we seem to be accumulating. Yeah, the
1: PSG with. connection. Yes.
0: Hmm. Um. It, it does feel... I mean, you look at some of the transfers, like Bale, I didn't think was ever going to happen, especially as soon as it became apparent that Ronaldo would leave for Juventus. I thought that was just a a bit bit of a um, one that was kind of dead in the water. Um, I, I still think Grealish is perhaps the one that got away a bit this summer. And I feel like a Tottenham are kind of stumped up initially with, you know, around a £30 million bid because they went in initially with um, apparently £3 million on Josh Onema, which is, you know, you've got to be putting in a big enough offer to be able to convince Villa to sell arguably their best player. And yeah. I feel, I mean, hopefully Tottenham might go back in for him in January, if if not the summer. Um, and I think he would just be a very, very good player to have at Pochettino's disposal.
1: Uh, I agree with that. My one qualm with uh, just going in for Grealish is that Grealish would have come in and he would not have necessarily improved the squad. Um, I think for Tottenham to get over the hump and to finally be able to lift a trophy um, and get that, that notion that Tottenham is not a top club out the window is to go out and buy a player that will immediately improve the squad that will go into the uh, first 11. Mm-hmm. I think players like that could be Martial, could have been Zaha, um, and those, those signings would have showed a, uh, a sign of intent. From the uh, ownership, from Levy, and I thought just, just Grealish would not have improved the squad to an extent where we would, or th- where he would have helped us get over that hump. And that I think is what, um, what I think a lot of Tottenham fans are waiting for, what a lot of football fans are waiting for. Um, and I don't know if it's something with the new stadium. That's what everyone keeps on referring to: is that we're strapped for cash because of that. Um, I would hope not because of uh, Levy's being able to finance it in a way where it wouldn't uh, affect our transfer money and also the fact that Levy uh, and supposedly gave Pochettino the 150 million uh, pound uh, war chest at the beginning of the summer. I thought we could have used that money to put Tottenham over the hump. Uh, what are your thoughts on the current team and if we needed a
0: player to uh, to go over that hump? Um I'm not sure if it's going over that hump. I think it's just kind of a mental block that Tottenham have. If you look at the it's kind of opening half hour of the FA Cup semi-final against Manchester United and Tottenham are absolutely dominant. Um they showed against Liverpool at home that they you know, can compete with them. Uh beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, uh, beat Arsenal at Wembley. Um the new stadium will also play a huge role in, you know, how Tottenham pushed forward in terms of attracting new players. Uh, I mean, the Harry Kane contract was huge. An extra six years on his deal was absolutely massive. Um, Pochettino's commitment to the club as well for another five years is a huge boost. And I, I'm not sure if Tottenham do kind of need that extra player to really, really push them over the hump. You look at the uh, the kind of core starting eleven, and I'm not be hard pressed to kind of without really spending you know vast amounts on a player that may take some time to um adjust to the premier league and would be a risk as well unless they're already an experienced premier league player in which case you know Arsenal Liverpool Manchester City Manchester United and Chelsea aren't going to sell to one of their top six rivals that's kind of it's it's just between you know kind of between a rock and a hard place for Tottenham at the moment in that they do kind. They perhaps need to take the risk to sign a player that could really push them over the, you know, push them to the next level. But there is that the squad is on its day, good enough to, you know, uh, mix with the best. Perhaps Man City aside, who are, you know, next level anyway.
1: Yeah, and you saw that with the uh, with the two games against Real Madrid. Um, but, yeah, to your point, the mental block is definitely something that Pochettino talks about all the time. Um, and and I think the the fact that the England team in this World Cup went to the semifinals, Hugo Joris went on and captained a World Cup winning team. Um, Dembele, Bertangen, and Alderweireld were key components. Like maybe not Dembele, but Toby and John were key components to the Belgium team that took third place in the uh, World Cup, I think that could be seen as a huge learning experience for a lot of these uh, Tottenham players. And so that will hopefully help with their mental uh, fatigue in the, in the last part of the season, um, which I think is a, a benefit that I don't think a lot of people are talking about right now. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, I absolutely agree with that, especially reese going on to captain... Um, France to the World Cup. I mean, I think that's his second trophy in his career, if I remember correctly. Um, obviously, he had that Tottenham moment in the final where he committed that error for Mandzukic's goal. But, <laughs> um, overall, he was, you know, very good for France. I mean, a couple of very good saves. There was uh, the Aldovarrell one in the semi final, especially, uh, semi final, quarter final, wasn't it? No, semi final. Semi finals, yes. Yep. Sorry, I got my uh, wires crossed there. Um, <laughs> I think as you as you said as well, the Tottenham players, you know, you got Trippier, Kane, both key players in Tottenham's um uh Tottenham reaching the semi final as well. Uh it would be a huge boost to them to know that they can get so far. I mean, it was a bit of a shame that Kane and Trippier and Rose and Ali didn't kind of make it that extra extra push to get to the final, but um I think LaRice winning it is a huge boost at the back, um, and it will serve Tottenham in very good stead pushing forward next season. Especially if they look to kind of focus their efforts on winning maybe the uh, Carabao Cup or the FA Cup and make further headway in the Champions League.
1: Yes, I agree with all of that. Um, and so now we'll switch focus and talk about Tottenham's preseason. Where they beat Roma 4 1 with goals from Jorente and Lucas Mora. And then uh, they tied Barcelona in uh, Minnesota 2 2, goals from Sun and uh, George Kevin in Kudu, who is still a Tottenham player.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> and then Spurs beat a similar, oh, yeah. And then Spurs lost to Girona 4 1, in which featured a game uh, with a lot of youngsters. Uh, like Ayoma in the back, um, you had Skip and Amos starting. Uh, so that was kind of a damper on the entire preseason, but overall, I enjoyed the preseason, especially the fact that we didn't have a lot of our World Cup players, as we talked about before, they went far in the World Cup. but we got to see a lot of the youngsters, especially Luke Amos and uh, Oliver Skip impressed. Um, and i I think now. Uh, both of them could see minutes in the uh, maybe not the Premier League, but could see minutes in the League Cup and uh, in the early rounds of the FA Cup. Um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on the youngsters uh, who played in the uh, in the preseason and if any of them really have a chance to uh, break into this Tottenham team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Amos and Skip were both you know the standout performers from preseason. They have to on the experience at Harry Wink of Harry Winkson two years ago, in that he really impressed Pochettino and the coaching staff and the pre uh, preseason trip to Australia. Um they would have seen that and thought, yep, we can do that too. We can impress the coach in preseason. There's you know, no Dembele, no Dyer, Wanyama was out, so Soko was out. And they'll have seen that and thought, right, we need to grasp this opportunity, we can now make it into the first team and get Further minutes in the coming season. And I mean, there is all the talk of big money signings, but Tottenham do have this hugely impressive youth setup. Uh, Saw Winks come through, saw Kane come through, and now both are kind of regular first team members. Obviously, people would like to see, you know, a greater focus on youth and the homegrown uh, talent coming through. And Amos and Skip, in particular, both, you know, boost that reputation of the Tottenham youth team, which is really, really exciting to see. And hopefully it should stand them in good stead, Um, in the coming season. You know, as you as you rightly mentioned, minutes in the Carabao Cup, minutes in the early round of the FA Cup, maybe a cameo appearance off the bench in the Premier League. It'll just serve it'll just be huge confidence boost to them to know that they can impress in pre season when the pressure's not so much on and then go on to make uh, leave their mark in the first
1: team. Definitely agree, and I have to ask you about Cameron Carter-Vickers since I, I am American. We have a an American audience. I wanted to ask your thoughts about Cameron Carter-Vickers and if uh, if you think he'll still be loaned out to maybe a championship team or if he'll have uh, some opportunities with the uh, Tottenham first team.
0: I would. I'd like to think he'd be given the chance to. I mean, he has the you know, physical qualities to be a Very good Premier League defender. He's quite assured on the ball. Um, The two loan spells last season kind of hindered his development because it would have been nice to have seen him play consistently for either Ipswich or Sheffield United across the duration Mm -hmm. of the season, which wouldn't have helped his development. And it's a bit of a shame that he's kind of injured coming into the beginning of the season because you thought that with the doubts over Alderford's future and him coming back from the World Cup late, the same for and coming back late and... Uh, foyth injured would have thought that Carter Vickers might have his opportunity to really make a career of himself uh, at Tottenham and now with Alderfraud staying Vertonghen coming back to fitness Sanchez still there and it would be hard to kind of break past those three in the pecking order even allowing for Alderfraud, um dropping out of the team last season um, to see him kind of Impress, uh, well, given the opportunity to impress. Sorry, um, mm-hmm. I think a loan move might be the best move for him, but it will need to be to a team that will guarantee him first team football week in week out. Uh, that will suit the Tottenham style of play, which you know, getting on the ball, and getting getting on the ball and feeding it to the fullbacks or the midfield. Um, there's no point him going to a team where they don't see much possession and the onus is basically clear the ball out. As quickly as possible, but rather just a patient build up approach that will see him you know, spread the play to his center backs or the full backs and allow him to develop from there.
1: I definitely agree because watching Carter Vickers play, uh, a lot of times his first touch or his uh, passes are not as crisp as you would enjoy, especially when you compare him to uh, Juan Foyth, who is a similar age but is uh, way more. Uh, confident on the ball, um, especially because Carter Vickers and Foyth will be competing for mi- minutes this year if uh, Vickers is not loaned out. Um, mm. And then that leads to my next point with uh, with Foyth and Winks. I would have loved to see them in the preseason. Obviously, they were uh, they were injured, but I think uh, our transfer business has kind of shed light that I think our team really. Values Harry Winks because you saw in the first part of uh, last season his play against uh, Real Madrid. He kind of played in a role similar to Kovacic for Real Madrid, Real Madrid, where he can connect the uh, the defenders to the attacking midfielders and then to the uh, to the forwards. So I think he is poised to a breakout campaign, um, as we said last year. But of course, he got injured. Uh, but I think he will be good. I was kind of disappointed not to see him uh, play. And then also playing in the uh, uh, preseason was Lucas Mora, who looked fantastic to me. He looked confident on the ball, which at times last uh, last year, he kind of seemed timid, like uh, he didn't want to overdo himself. Hopefully he will uh, be the bright spot in our the start of our season this year because we are out. A lot of players uh, because of their unfit to play because of the world cup and because of injuries Um, so i kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on lucas mora and uh uh, realistic expectations
0: i feel like when we did sign him in january he was kind of a a signing that was made perhaps six months early and he was a signing that was designed for the following season because he'd only featured made five appearances in the league for psg before his move to tottenham and he, he did show glimpses of what he can do, but he just kind of got the impression he wasn't quite up to speed um, when Pochettino called upon him in the second half of the season. But he he filled a very problematic position for Tottenham in that uh, Son was the only kind of out-and-out winger available to Pochettino. And that, against teams that would sit deep, it really impacted the way Tottenham played. Um, and... He he just has this ability to ghost past players and as you rightly said in pre-season, he looked excellent. he uh, scored twice against Roma, scored that free kick against AC Milan and against Yona, yeah. Oh, was it Drona, sorry. And um yeah. he, he just with Sun going off to the Asian Games, with Ali coming back late from the World Cup and Lamella still uh suffering with a knock ahead of the season, um, I'd expect him to start against Newcastle on Saturday and he has that kind of big big game mentality uh he has that he and he would just fancy his chances of you know consolidating that first a first team spot with a bright performance against newcastle um at this stage i have put him down as the one to watch for tottenham this season because you just feel like he's gonna properly explode onto the scene this uh this season and it, I know it's cliche to say, but it'll feel a bit like a new signing because he is going to be a completely different player with a full preseason uh, under Pochettino, which is going to be a huge boost for Tottenham.
1: Oh, definitely. Especially with a lot of fans calling for us to buy a speedy winger. I think a lot of people forgot that we have Lucas Moura, who is a speedy winger, um, mm-hmm. and it's essentially a new signing for us. And if he can combine well with Christian Eriksen and Dele Alli, it'll be so much fun to watch. Um, so we just need to get all of them on the same page um, Absolutely. And, and uh and so now we'll look ahead to the season. Uh, we play Newcastle uh, in the first game of the first Saturday of the Premier League. Um, we're gonna have a lot of players out, and so I kind of wanted to see what you thought the uh the lineup will look like, and if any of the England players uh, will play, if any of the Belgian players will play, and if not, who will uh, be the replacement?
0: Um, I think the it's just a bit of a problem coming in because there's no kind of fit central midfielders apart from Skip and Amos coming to the Newcastle game. I think if Pochettino will use any of the two... Uh, Players that went far in the World Cup, it will be Dembele and Dyer because they didn't feature as much as the likes of uh, Vertonghen, as out of rail, as Kane. And Mm -hmm. Tottenham really, really need those two to uh, come in and bridge the gap between just the second bank of midfield and the defence. With the whole absentees, it really makes Tottenham's 11, uh, tough to pick. I thought Carter Vickers might have started alongside Sanchez, but when it was revealed that he's injured coming into the game and will miss out, I think maybe Oreo will play at centre-back with Sanchez and Walker-Peters at right-back with Davies at left-back, but that's not... So you think the... we'll
1: play with a, a four in the back instead of a, or a, a three in the back? Because I know Davies played a lot of centre-back in preseason. season um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a problem for Pochettino right now, um, but the back four, back five is definitely something that he has to look at and think about very hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you see, now I've got other thoughts running through my head of thinking of how we can, how we can <laughs> give it a five-man defence, but um, I think he might stick with the four two three one 2 It's how we ended the season, and Tottenham really struggled uh, once Wanyama and Alderveld were both out of action with the three man back line, um, I can see him sticking with the four man defense and then a three of Son, Mora, and Ericsson behind Lorente. Um, he might bring a couple of the England players along for the bench. Uh, Kane, especially, uh, will be desperate to play even after you know his, um, his partner gave birth to their second child this week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't think Lloris will play. I think Vaughan will come in and start, but it is just such a difficult team to predict with all the absentees. I mean, you're looking at potentially 15 players sidelined, which is not ideal coming to the first game of the season.
1: Exactly. Especially after you see in the past, uh, last season, uh, when we beat Newcastle, uh, but then we lost to Chelsea. We drew to Burnley. Uh, and then uh, we drew to Swansea as well. Um, Tottenham desperately needs a fast start, whereas in the past seasons we haven't really had that fast start, um, whether it's an over-dependence on Kane. And we all know he can't score in August. Um, <laughs> but we need—we uh, definitely need a fast start. And all of these, uh, these absentees in our lineup is definitely not helping at all. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. So, we'll uh, we'll go now to our predictions for the premier league and the champions league. Um, I'll start off right now. I think it's really hard to uh, to get into that top two. I think Man City and Liverpool um, have secured those, uh, those top two places. Um, And then that's where I think it gets uh, interesting. Yeah. Man U Spurs and Chelsea uh, competing for those last two spots. I don't think Arsenal, um, Will be able to compete. I still think uh, they didn't uh, add as much quality as the other teams. I don't think their team has as much quality. Um, although they did sign uh, a lot of players, I just don't think they're uh, as good as the players that uh, Chelsea brought in, that uh, United has, and that uh, Chelsea or, and the Spurs have as well. Um, I think if Spurs get that uh, third place finish, that will be a tremendous success. Um, if they get that fourth place finish, that'll be success as well. Um, but I think there is no way that Tottenham can uh, can get to win the league or get second. Um, I hope they prove me wrong, but uh, but that's what I uh, that's what I believe. Uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts.
0: Uh, I have to echo sentiments there. I, I don't think Tottenham have that you know injection of quality. Look at. Man City, and they didn't really need to add anything, but they, you know, just went out and spent a club record fee on Mares, and that's just going to give those around them like Sane, Silver, Sterling, just the kick up, uh, just the it's just going to give them that boost to really go on and you know up their game because otherwise they're going they're at serious risk of losing their starting eleven place to not one player now in Silver, but two. Um, Liverpool have spent. Excellently, they've just you know hugely improved some problem areas. I think Allison will be one of the signings of the season. I know he cost a fair bit, but given Minouane and Carius's questionable form, shall we say, um, Allison, I just think is a tremendous addition to that squad. Uh, Van Dyke, Fabinho, and Cater have all had a full preseason. Shakiri offers them that you know additional attacking threat, which will give them that extra. Uh, option in the final third, which they lacked against the likes of Swansea, West Brom, and Burnley last season. And I think it's going to be between those two, but I think City had just had the settled squad and they'll, they'll win it this season. Uh, I think Liverpool comes second. And as you said, the next four spots is uh, up for anyone. I mean, United have one of the best squads in the league on paper, but Mourinho's done his kind of traditional third season outburst and it I don't know, they need to start quite quickly against Leicester, otherwise it's, they're going to come under tremendous pressure straight away. Uh Chelsea as well, they've got, you know, the additions of Jorginho and Kovacic are just excellent. I think they've now got probably the best midfield in the Premier League, along with Kante. And Kepa's the, uh, the perfect goalkeeper for Sarri Ball, given his distribution. Um, as you said about Arsenal, well, they made some good signs. I think Lucas Torreira will be a really good a- addition to their squad. He's the ball winner they've lacked in recent seasons, but they just don't have that kind of injection of quality just in the final third. I think if they had another winger, because they were linked with Ousmane Dembele today as well, which proved mm. to be uh built on nothing. Um <laughs> they would have been you know, they would have been with a much better shout, and I just feel like they lack that final piece of the puzzle in the final third to replace Alexis even though they did sign Bamiang and Mikatarian. I just think they just need that consistent pacey winger in the final third to help ease the pressure on a and Ozil and Mkhitaryan um, as for the top four I think Chelsea will get back into it and it's just I put Tottenham initially to finish in fifth but I don't know I keep flip-flopping on that as well. Um, I'm really not sure. (laughs) Um, I could see Tottenham doing it just because of Mourinho perhaps doing his third season outburst and it coming back to haunt United. I mean, they have marginally a better squad on paper than Tottenham. You know, you look at Pogba and comparing Lukaku and Alexis and compare it to to the Tottenham players um but then it's just Mourinho doing what Mourinho does which is uh which could really impact United so I think Tottenham will finish 4th and United 5th and Arsenal 6th.
1: Yeah, United is a tricky one especially since uh the Spanish transfer window is not closed yet. So we're not 100% sure Pogba is going to be staying. Um we'll see if he does especially with it seems like everyone at the uh, at the club has uh, has been uh not on the same page as Mourinho. Um we'll see, we'll see. And now to the Champions League. Um obviously last uh last Champions League we finished first in our group and then we went out to Juventus in a heartbreaking uh loss at Wembley. Um this year we'll be playing uh our home games at the new Tottenham Hotspur stadium. Uh we'll see if that changes the name of the stadium. Uh mm-hmm. but we will uh we will hope to improve. Um, I think it's hard to improve, especially when you look at uh, at winning that group with Dortmund and, uh, and Real Madrid and losing to Juventus over two legs. While we did argue play uh, the better soccer or the better football. um, It's not something to uh, hang your head low because Juventus is a quality team with a lot of experience in the champions league. We'll see when the, uh, the group is, when the groups come out, but anything short of advancing past the group stage, to me, is a, uh, is a big failure, as it should be. Um, and I'll pass it over to you to see uh, if you think the same or, uh, or
0: differently. Uh, I think the same as well. I think getting beyond the group stage is you know, the first port of call. I think given how Tottenham were in the group with Monaco, CSK and by Leverkusen to then go on the next season and progress as group winners is a huge step in the right direction. Um, to do so again will be, you know, a, a very clear sign of progress. Um, the exit to Juventus was really, really tough to swallow because Tottenham arguably played the played the better football for about 165 minutes and Juventus for yeah. 15 minutes just put four goals past Tottenham, but that's um the son of a European experienced team. Uh As you said, I think anything beyond the group stage, quarterfinals definitely is, you know, hugely possible. Tottenham prove they can come up and rub shoulders with the best and get the better of them as well. Um Yeah, if you don't get beyond the group stage, it could be, you know, a failure in the Champions League, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so we'll do kind of a... a... Best case, worst case scenario for both Premier League and Champions League. Uh, for me, the best case for the Premier, best case scenario for Premier League is, as I said before, uh, third place. Second place would be something that I would not even dream about right now. Um, but third place in the uh, Prem and uh, maybe a semi-final or a quarter-final uh, run in the Champions League, we saw last year. Uh, Liverpool, who I don't think anyone picked to go far in the Champions League, made it to the finals. So I definitely think in a uh, in a competition where it's just two legs, I think Spurs can uh, do something and could, best-case scenario, make the semifinals of the Champions League. Um, Worst-case scenario in the Premier League is finish sixth, uh, finish behind the uh, other North London team. <laughs> and, uh, and then for the Champions League is to go out in group stage and not even make the Europa League. Um, so I hand it over to you.
0: Uh, I completely agree. Um, best case, I think, is third, given City and Liverpool's strength. Um, obviously, Liverpool, Tottenham beat them at Wembley quite comfortably, and came back to draw two all with them at Anfield. Um, yeah, best case will be third again. Uh, you know, I, I dare say, nigh on all Tottenham fans would bite a hand off for that now, uh, yep. for that to be the case in nine months' time, and to get to the quarterfinals of the Champions League I think be best case be, you've got a real sign of progress there uh, worst case would be you know finish outside the top four Ide- finishing sixth would be far from ideal especially finish behind both Chelsea and Arsenal to go from the you know the best team in London to drop behind both of those and to finish bottom of a group that we get drawn in the Champions League
1: yeah those would uh, that would be the worst case so we'll just put that behind us so we don't start thinking about that. <laughs> um, thank on. you so much, Ben, for, uh, for coming on the podcast.
0: No worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
1: uh, hopefully we'll get you on another one uh, throughout the season when Tottenham is, uh, is winning a lot of games and uh, surprising everybody. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Facebook at EIF Soccer and be sure to tune in next time bye bye i think we should get a room yourself and your shoes ain't off the shelves you straight out of a magazine feel things i ain't
0: ever felt yeah my